0: What's up, guys? This is Florian Youngworth and you're listening to Tectonic Takes.
1: Welcome everybody, everybody to Teutonic Takes. I'm here with a really special guest, um, kind of, you know, lightning struck. And we got Florian Youngbirth. What's up, Flo? How you doing? Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you, man. I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm doing well. I'm out here in Japan, but we made it work. And I really appreciate you coming on, taking the time out of your day to, I mean, take a crack at all these questions from the fans. I mean, we got the most questions we've ever gotten. So you're definitely beloved. <laughs>
0: yeah, it seems so. I don't know why, but... Yeah, it looks
1: like. <laughs> some people say it's your charisma. Some people say it's your on-field antics. You know, but you're just your flow. So go with the flow, right? <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> okay, so before we get into it, I want to give a quick shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you guys for supporting this. Without you, this wouldn't be possible. And we would also like to thank Beautiful Game Network, and it's rough, um sponsored by Roughneck Scarf. So thank you guys as well for sponsoring it um so really quickly we'll get right into it your life before the quake so we're going to talk about that a little bit okay um how was it growing up i mean who was your idol growing up in the football world
0: um well i would say um, my idol when i was like you know 14 15 and i had my first appearances with the national team and then Mm -hmm. you know you 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 think about maybe you make it, so you you pick a guy who's like uh, kind of your style, kind of your silent styles. And for me, it was always Fabio Cannavaro. Okay. Um, yeah, he was he was definitely my my idol. And and then like in 2010, I started to really admire uh, Basti Schweinsteiger a lot. And mm. obviously, it was a big thing for me when I faced him when we played uh, Chicago. So that was really yeah. kind of a dream yeah. for me. Um, but all in all, it was always uh, Fabio Cannavato.
1: Okay. okay. And when you played Schwansteiger, like, did you go up to him and be like, hey, man, like, uh, you're, you you were an idol for me, or did you keep cool?
0: I tried to keep cool, but I, I was kind <laughs> of shy. <laughs> No, but uh, it was actually really uh, great because um, before the game, we haven't had the chance to talk. And then in halftime, when I went back uh, through the tunnel to the locker, he was waiting for me with his jersey. And I wasn't oh. even asking, you know. And he said, hey, man, how are you doing? Because we are both from the south of Germany, from mm. Munich. You know? So we talked a little about that and all that stuff. So it was really, really nice. And it really showed, uh, despite his success, how what a humble guy he is, you know. So that was uh, really cool.
1: Yeah, and I must have been man, dream come true. And he was waiting for you, right? So that must have been a great. Yeah, journey. it was
0: cool. It was really such a such <laughs> man.
1: You have the biggest smile going back into the locker room, but all the guys are like, "What are you smiling about, man?" <laughs> like, That's man. true.
0: I think, wow, well, we we lost, but in that moment, <laughs> I didn't
1: care. I was just happy. <laughs> okay, and so when you were coming to California, did you ever visit California before as a as a kid or as a, a teenager?
0: yeah actually i i, I did i'm um, mm. first time i've been there was uh 2014 with my mm. wife and we had like we did like a trip to to mexico but we wow. wanted to have a start before and then we flew to l.a and it was the first time for me in the states and for my wife as well and we really wow. really loved it yeah and then the year after, uh we went with friends uh to california again did the route one you know mm. Um, and all that stuff where they watched all the canyons, you know, Grand Canyon, Bryce yeah. Canyon, Zion. went to Vegas, uh, LA, San Francisco. And then right. it was really, uh, where we fell in love with the States in general, but then obviously we were like, California is, is really nice.
1: Yeah. Right. And that everybody listening to this is probably from California. So everybody knows that it's definitely yeah. the best kept secret. I'm out here in Japan and Kids out here don't know too much about California. So I always let them know that I'm not just American. I'm from California. You better know it's California. <laughs> so yeah. definitely it's, you know, it's nice that you got to appreciate it as well. Um, people want to still know if you have the scooter. Do you still have a scooter? Of course, man. What a yeah. question. It's
0: <laughs> my my baby.
1: <laughs> so do you ride it yeah. often or have you been riding it more? What, what's going on? Yeah, I ride
0: it every, I mean, my. When- when it's not raining, obviously. Uh, I ride it every day when I go to practice, you know. So, love it.
1: Any, any upgrades you, you put on it? Any, any big wheels? Like, what are you talking to? You?
0: No, nothing. I, I think it, when it comes to that, I'm really, I know nothing about cars and other vehicles. I'm really old school with that stuff. But I always okay. wanted to drive a, a Vespa. So, but
1: awesome. I, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why don't you buy one now, right? Especially since coronavirus. <laughs> You can go through all the streets that are closed down, your Vespa.
0: Yeah, true. But now there's not that much traffic. so it's, Yeah, that's Now true. it's that's fine. True. But in 2019, when I when I bought it, it was cool in the morning, you know, skipped all the traffics. All yeah. Stuff. It was funny because when I had a car and every time, you know, a scooter or a motorcycle skipped me, I was like, man, this motherfucker, I have to stay in traffic <laughs> and he can skip me. But now I'm the motherfucker and I'm really enjoying it.
1: <laughs> okay, cool, cool. All right. Um, what was your favorite food growing up, and then what's your favorite food now?
0: Oh, that's tough, man. Uh, favorite <laughs> food.
1: I think, uh
0: I was always an Italian guy, you know. Mm. Um, so I would say pizza was and is still my my favorite food. I mean, I can't enjoy it every day, obviously, but you know, when I have my my cheat day, uh, I definitely uh, love to have a, a good
1: pizza. And what and what, what toppings do you put on that pizza? Is it more of like a pineapple? Is it more Oof, no pineapple? No, no pineapple. <laughs> no, it's
0: pretty simple mostly. I, I like just cheese pizza or with
1: mushrooms, I think, okay. and some yeah. vegetables, maybe, but pretty simple. Yeah, and that, that sounds like a classic good pie, you know. So definitely. Yeah. Uh when you first heard, let's talk about a little bit of the transfer coming into the earthquakes. Mm-hmm. When you, did you first hear of the club through the transfer or did you know about the club before you heard any rumors about you going over? You know,
0: I have to go a little back with that because Mm. in 2015 uh, I was in touch with Greg Berhalter, you know, Mm. the current uh, national team, because I played with him together in Germany. Mm. Um, So it was my first year as well and his last year. And we were in touch and he was uh, asking me if I could imagine to join uh, Columbus mm. at that time. Um, but then I decided, I was really thinking about it, but then I decided to extend my contract in, in Germany. Wow. Um, but that was the moment I really start following the league uh, pretty intense. You know, I, I looked up players, I looked like, mm. you know, fans, capacity, all that stuff. Yeah, And, you know, and then I was really like, man, that could be something uh, for me. And then, um in 2017 i was really like if there might happen something mm. that would be the best time and then i was uh, really really lucky but i i haven't heard like directly anything about uh, the quakes but i knew from the name that obviously they're a part of mls
1: yeah 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 and how did it happen i mean did you get a phone call or did you call someone how did it go down
0: I was, it was by coincidence, to be honest, because it was, um, my agent tried before to get some connections to the States, but it was pretty, pretty difficult, you know, mm. and then his, uh, he's the godfather of his best friend's son, and his best friend was my youth coach. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he's, he's half Italian and he know, Jesse Fioranelli personally. <laughs> oh my God. And that way, Jesse was in talks to become the new GM. So I mm. think he and... For other guys, when talks to become the new GM, yeah. And then my ex coach, he said like, "Hey man, if you become the new GM, this is a guy. He really would love to join MLS." So I really didn't think about it. And then I read that Jesse became the new GM. But oh wow! I didn't really think about that. And then two days later, my phone rang, and he was like, "Hey, I'm the new GM.
1: Do you right. want to join?" I was like, "Man, let's do this!" Wow, that's crazy. that, that that's like the stars aligning type of moment. So that's awesome. That you, yeah. I mean, a lot of people say you're you're the most passionate quake out there. You know, you and Wondolowski. So it's it's awesome to hear that it happened just sort of a coincidence, right? So it's definitely we're very fortunate to have you wearing the black and blue. Um yeah. Do you still want a chant? I know you've been wanting a chant for a while. So <laughs> a lot of a lot of uh, supporters groups or a lot of fans in the supporter group wanted to know if you still want a chant. Uh, who doesn't want a chant for
0: himself, man? You know, yeah. I, I always
1: get get this nice uh, when it comes
0: to posts about Ibrahimovic. You know, I get always this nice Texas man. The man who put him in his pocket and all yeah, that, that yeah. stuff. And I'm like, man, why you can't create a song about it? So- <laughs> okay, so okay. That would, be, that would yeah. be something. But I'm not I'm not a demanding person. But um, well, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind to have a nice a nice song.
1: So it, the the first supporters group that makes you a song, you'll do an appearance, right? Of course. Of
0: course, I'm gonna do something. Depends, depends on the song, you know. (laughs) But if the lyrics are good, I'm gonna do something for
1: sure. Okay, okay, that's good to know. All right, and then so really quickly before we go into like the nitty gritty meat and potatoes, what is your favorite goal you ever scored?
0: I'm, to be fair, I didn't score a lot of goals in my career, and I think. My first professional goal, it was mm. kind of a, a banger, you know, it was like yeah. <laughs> bicycle. So that was a nice goal. Wow. Actually, actually, my best was uh, at the under 20 World mm. Cup. was the first game against United States. And, oh, wow. and I scored uh, the second goal. So it was pretty a great moment mm. score at a, at a World Cup, you know. So I would yeah. say that it was it.
1: Okay. And then what is your favorite jersey? This can be without any affiliation to the Quakes. Your favorite jersey you ever wore?
0: Um, you know, I would say I am the one in Darmstadt when my, when I had my first mm. Bundesliga appearance for in the yeah. first, division, you know, that was kind of special and I changed Jersey with Xavi Alonso from oh, Bayern. Wow. that was, is also yeah. a great Jersey with, which has a special place in my
1: house, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say he's both. Okay, I, I gotta ask you now. You said Swansteiger, you said Xavi Alonso. How many jerseys do you have, and who do you have? A lot, man. I've, yeah,
0: like, I don't know, I have like for sure, like 50 jerseys or something. I wow. mean, the biggest are like Schweinsteiger, Alonso, and Rooney. Wow, and yeah, I have lots of my Bundesliga time, and yeah. some, you know, when I played against some friends in Germany, or even like, yeah. You know, uh, sometimes there are like good stories in MLS why you change jerseys. For example, it's like great story with Sebastian Blanco of, of Portland and I. First time we faced them, man, we he, him and I we, we had trash talk all day. Oh, you know? yeah. The whole game, you know, right? Really bad. I kicked him, he kicked me, man. It was a was a tough battle. And in the end, you know, it got it got really bad. Like we insulted us so bad, you know, and that even <laughs> in the game, I was like, man. That was kind of rough. I, I really felt bad. And then when the uh, ref blew the whistle and the game was off, we both looked at each other and we started to laugh
1: because <laughs> we, we knew
0: awesome. we, we were both like way over, you know, it was way too much. And since then we always,
1: when we see us, we we
0: changed Jersey in that game. And then always when you see us, we're talking forever, texting sometimes. So it's, oh, it's that's big. nice. Yeah.
1: That's, that's an awesome story. I mean, you never would think, right. You're so, fiery on the pitch that afterwards it's like you know we play a game right so it's 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 all good afterwards we're we can laugh yeah. at it but that's awesome you yeah have, you have to post all your jerseys man I didn't, you probably have a whole bunch
0: yeah I, I really have i really have what's the i don't know what i would do later with them but definitely with all probably the best i will frame you know And yeah of course of course Put him in a room or in a bar or whatever.
1: Yeah. Oh, a bar. Okay. Okay. So, so let's get right into it. What are you going to, what are you thinking about doing in like four or five years or six, seven years until you stop playing?
0: Yeah. I mean, of course I, I try to play as, as long that's, as that's possible. possible. Yeah. Um, I have some, some thoughts, you know, I have to do some online coaching right now, a little mm. bit with kids, which, which I like that awesome. I, I, I will definitely do my, my coaching license. Cause that's, that's definitely something which is on my mind, even though I don't like the, the life of being a coach, you no. know, cause it's kind of tough. So that's, but I definitely want to be in the game. I mean, the game is my life and yeah. I, I want that, that it's a part of it. And yeah, let's, let's just see, maybe some, some stupid employee will hire me. I'm sure about <laughs>
1: that. <laughs> okay. Awesome. And now what's your favorite Quakes jersey that you have? favorite quakes jersey um i mean
0: i would say it's uh jamir rica oh, okay Um, because i i mean he was my best friend here because oh. we we both came at the same time and he yeah. speaks a perfect german so mm. i think it both helped us you know we he played in germany played in switzerland so he mm. knows the life in europe so it helped us and we did a lot of things together and yeah. i remember in the after the first year um we were like out with a team for dinner and then mm. jesse had a nice idea that we changed the jerseys to the guy on your our left and then we write a nice text on it oh, and nice. Jameer was jamie was on my left so we and then we changed jerseys had a nice text on it so yeah i would say that's my favorite one
1: okay and then like favorite design of the Jersey that you wore. So like a favorite Quakes Jersey design that you liked or colored. I mean,
0: probably me, the, the, um, the office wants me to say the white one. <laughs> because okay. they pushed it in a good way. The four Jersey. Yeah. Uh, the gold okay. shorts. Not, yeah. The gold shorts are good, but I don't like playing in white, you know, mm. I'm like, but so you know actually i like i like the jersey from last season the home jersey because mm. now we had Intermedia, but even before without a sponsor i like it when you just have the logo and yeah just, you know, it was clean you know, so i like it yeah yeah so i would say that one from 2019
1: okay and without saying too much because you might get in trouble do you like this one what which one the new one I haven't seen it. Oh, even. wow. Okay, okay.
0: I haven't even seen it. Sorry. Is that already released?
1: No, 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 no. So that's why maybe I was thinking, you know, without saying no, no, too no, much, I, you're not going to get in
0: trouble. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't. I haven't. Seen wow.
1: It. Wow. So we're coming. Wow. OK, that's actually great by the Quakes FO, man. No leaks at all. If, if the players oh, no, haven't I mean, even seen them. Oh,
0: and vaku is Vak gone. So you remember the story of Vaco? Oh, like, yeah. yeah.
1: It was funny. When he posted the jersey and then
0: like five minutes later, he had, like 10 phone calls. It's like, dude, what are you doing? We haven't released the
1: jersey. So, it was, it was so did you guys give him crap for that all season? It's like, like hey, man, you're releasing the jersey. Yeah yeah we did <laughs> okay okay um and favorite quakes moment that you that you had mm, this moment
0: i would say uh 2017 uh last game at home against minnesota um when we mm-hmm. scored the winning goal in extra time and, and made it to the playoffs i mean yes yeah. was, that was a big moment um but also the win against LAC when we made the playoffs because I think last year was incredible tough year yeah. mentally and, and physically as well. And that was such a relief, um which I haven't felt in a long time. And mm. I was really, ah, that was, that was a big moment. I would wow. actually, I would say that that was even a better moment because the year was wow. so tough.
1: And there was just a lot more eyes on you guys, right? It felt like there was just a lot more weight on your shoulders this year. Cause it was just, a lot more fans watching the games and just the COVID year and, and all the, all the pressure of Matias Almeida, you know, possibly seeing what's going on and changing the lineup, things like that. So I understand that totally. Yeah. All right. So we're going to get into the meat and potatoes now. So what are your expectations of this team in 2021?
0: Um. Well, it's tough to say because yeah. I, I could imagine uh, that the, roster is not uh, fully completed right now. so mm-hmm. I think um, gotta wait uh, till the club really says, hey that's we're done now and and that's the roster um but I think the way we played in the last 10 games last year, mm-hmm. I think that should be the direction we have to go um, yeah And I think if we can continue like that, that's the most important part that we show consistency you know because in yeah. 2019 we had like 20 games. We were like second we played really good and right. in the end we lost six games in a row and didn't even make it to the playoff so i think and last year man we got like beat up bad in the first games after Orlando, so which was so rough yeah and then we turn it around where we really have shown that that it's possible but yeah to show that consistently over a whole season that's really tough that requires a lot of this self-discipline self-sacrifice and i think that's Something everyone has to realize this mm. year, and if everyone does, I think we have a really good chance to to
1: compete for the playoffs and maybe get a, a deep playoff run. Yeah. Okay. That's that's good to hear. I mean, as Quakes fans, we'd love to hear that. So, um, going back to those games after Orlando, when when Magnus Eriksson went back to his home country, or uh, yeah, Sweden, and was that loss something that just was horrible for the team chemistry did that did that help make the losing streak longer was that a big loss in the locker room that that kind of captain-esque feel was it a Um, huge loss for you guys
0: in my opinion yes Mm. um because especially on the field it was really important for our game because magnus is an excellent distributor with the ball he's for the system um Mati demands with uh, which is really tough and uh highly sophisticated. He was a really good player in that number one role. Mm-hmm. And I think when he left, it was like it felt like a hole. And also off the field. He's a great guy. He was a leader. You know, he didn't care. He fought every every game, every yeah. training. And especially in bad moments, you need a guy like him, you know, a tough guy and like yeah. kind of a dickhead on the field, you know. <laughs> and, and that was that was a tough loss. And I think. It, it took time for us, um, you know, to regroup a little bit. And mm. also, I think it was also the uncertainty, you know, because we came back from Orlando and no one knew mm. how we continuing the season, if yes, how it would look like. And even when I scheduled it, it was not the same. You know, we couldn't even go in the locker the first weeks. We were, like, dressing outside um, mm. in the stadium, you know, on the stands and all that stuff. So... And it felt like it was a good excuse when you lose a game. Because you were like, oh, we lost the game. You know, it was like, ah, oh, yeah, but it's COVID, it's tough. Ooh, quoi, quoi, yeah, quoi. Right. Um, and we made it ourselves too easy. And you know, after a while, when you lose that bad, it's it's tough to come out, you know. Yeah. It's tough yeah. to come out. And I I was really happy we had a. I uh I think after the Seattle game, mm. we had uh um Conversation with Mati where everyone really uh shared his opinion, shared his feeling, what he thinks. And I think from that on it helped because it, it helped to understand every single individual person mm. and how he feels in a situation like that. Because you know, obviously, as a player, you say you get paid well and all stuff, and it's your job, you gotta be good, but it's right. not that simple, you know. The mind plays a huge role, yeah, definitely especially does. in in a time like a pandemic, you don't know what's going on at home on right, everyone, right you know. So it was it was really tough. But then uh we found our way back. We did like Mati had some good exercise and training where we gain our confidence from building up from the back, and then we had this uh game against LAFC when we uh won yeah. it in, in yeah. extra time. So I think that was kind of a momentum where it changed. Yeah, obviously a little luck because halftime could be two-nothing for LAFC right. and then the game. Would be done. But even in halftime, we, we knew we, we felt we played much better. We we thought the organization was better. Mm. We won that game. And from that uh the table turned and then right we were ready and sharp. So that was
1: that was good. Okay. Awesome. And yeah, I mean that was a, definitely a tough time. So knowing that you guys in the, in the back and we're talking to each other and making sure that you guys all know each other's wants and what needs to be better is great to hear. I mean, that's, that's a brotherhood. I mean, that's more than a team at that point, you care about each other's feelings during that time. And that's actually awesome to hear. So that's definitely that good that you had you guys back. So um, next question, we're going to go on. Um, we know that Matias likes to put the team with hangouts and dinners, put them together for the team to bond and build chemistries but since the pandemic has changed our lifestyles in the way that we do things are there new ways that the team still you know has that chemistry together or are you guys bonding in a different way how are you making sure that you guys still stay in touch with each other for the upcoming season
0: you know i wouldn't say that we stay that much in in touch it's like other teams but i think mm. that the difference was like in orlando yeah. We've been together every day, every day 24-7. Right. Mati found a good way that we bonded and connected in a great way. But when we came back to San Jose, like you said, everything split it. Mm. You couldn't like meet with five other guys, you know, at home or whatever. So most important is that you have a good bonding just in the locker room when you have your three days, for uh, three hours, four hours every day mm. in the, the training uh but that didn't work out well and i think um that's something we learned to have a good time during the training in mm. the locker room and to connect there and regroup yeah. and that took time um i think we had one one cool meeting with Mati where he he rented i think it was like in october or something he rented an rv some rvs then we drove to uh pacifica oh wow and then we were on the parking lot we had like uh we had barbecue uh, we were on the beach you know played some games and all that stuff so spend spend the day together That's
1: awesome.
0: that, yeah that helped a bit but like I, like I said Mati loves to have these group things but unfortunately which, which are great and which help a lot but unfortunately last year was a bit uh more difficult so hopefully it gets better and we have more chances to to do some Dinners, some barbecues. I mean, Mati loves barbecues, like religion for him. Yeah, you know? yeah, churrasco, like yeah. <laughs> asado religion yeah. for him, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully um, we can maintain that and do, you know, all with like going with the rules and the restrictions. Yeah. We and can do more.
1: And you were telling me a little bit before we started recording that it was hard to know if this season was going to happen, right? So you were telling me that you had some uncertainty go ahead if you could tell the fans that that'd be great
0: yeah i mean now we all knew that it might be a long off season you know Mm -hmm. that season might start in april or even later which is understandable because we have a good chance to have fans in summer i would say and from a business perspective it, it definitely makes sense but no one actually said anything for like two and a half months and it was just uncertainty because uh the union uh and the mls they couldn't agree on a, on a new cba deal yeah and that was really kind of tough and, and kind of annoying because this uncertainty killed because you didn't know anything and then it was really like they told us if we go on a, in a lockout then we won't play till august Wow. Maybe. And that would be tough. So then you were thinking like, okay, if that happens, what can I do? Can I play for another team? Yeah. Uh, time, you know, play three, four months overseas, wherever to, just to, to stay in shape. So right. all these thoughts, they, they were tough and we, we were on a point before Lendo, I think where we were like in the evening, I think when Don Garber said, hey, if you don't agree to the, uh, to that deal tomorrow by tomorrow or something, then, uh, we're gonna lock you out you know Wow. and we had that already in summer which was uh, mentally tough because you yeah. know in that moment you have like a thousand thoughts what to do you pay
1: right right, right. pay your
0: rent you have high costs of living uh, maybe you don't get paid for three months what can mm. you do where could you play in that time you know it's like it's really tough and it was, like like i said now we had the same thing and it was just mentally exhausting so yeah I think when we got the result like three weeks ago, it was a was a big relief, you know, that we know season's going to start mid-April. We we're going to go to camp March 8th. So that's really good.
1: Yeah. And at that point, did the Quakes reach out to you like, hey, this is what's going to happen. Uh, we're going to have training coming up in March or how did that go down? It was the same because they they knew nothing same as us,
0: unfortunately, because it was really just between the players union and and the league. So even sometimes we we knew more uh, than than the club, which (laughs) was was insane because they they didn't even like talk to the GM or to the coaching staff, whatever. I think we found out possibly the same day and then wow. they, they try to schedule a, a, a quick start for the training had to organize, you know, a training scam with fields, yeah. with hotels and all this stuff, man. That's, wow. that's also like tough to organize. So really uh, great, great
1: work by the organization in that short period of time. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with that. Uh, you had a comment in an early interview where you thought the MLS is hilarious. Do you still think the MLS is hilarious? <laughs> Of course, man. I'm part of it, so it's it's still hilarious. What, what what makes it hilarious for you? Is it the travel? Is it um like this the CBA type of deal?
0: Yeah. No. Funny part is like you know why I said hilarious because I I like the word because mm. in Germany we don't have this word because you would because in the states everyone when I said something funny they were like that's hilarious. And I told my friends and they were like why are they saying it when it's funny just start, start, start laughing funny. you know yeah. in Germany I would never say if I would say boy, that's so hilarious it was like man stop smoking or whatever you yeah know? right So right. that's why I love that word because I said it, it for me it doesn't make sense because if yeah. something is hilarious I, I just start to laugh without saying that it's hilarious you know oh that's uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, I still love the leak man I I love, like I said, I love traveling, you know, yeah. being in different cities, uh, playing in, in nice stadiums, good crowds, you know, yeah. I really love mostly everything on the league, so
1: big shout
0: out.
1: Yeah, big shout out to the MLS, thank you. <laughs> All right, now this is, MLS, this, is yeah, <laughs> this is where we get into a little bit of, I think it's a funny question. How do you feel seeing your son play for AC Milan? <laughs>
0: It's good, yeah, it's good. He's growing, man. I'm really proud of him. He doesn't need any pocket money anymore. Nothing, you know. He's good. No, I'm just just kidding. No, it was it was a big big experience to play one of the best strikers of all time. You know, it was it was a moment. And of course, I played against world class players. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, when you stay next to him, man, you got you have respect because he has like a physical mm. presence and like a self-confidence I've never seen in my life. And yeah. this what, that was really impressive. So I was like, man, if I don't fight him as hard as I can today, I'm in trouble. And I think that's, that's the thing. Why that two game, of course, maybe in the next game, he would have killed me and scored a hat-trick, whatever. Yeah. But I think that's, that's the most important part when you play against a player like him, because right. I see now in Milan, I watch a lot of Serie A games and, the center backs, they're scared of him because mm. they 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 take distance. And when you take distance against him, you have no chance on a cross or even right with a foot. So I think I knew I won't win every every duel against him, but I knew I have to fight him in every duel I have. And I knew mm. uh, in that game I played with Guram uh, together and I know he was going to protect me. When I when I lose the tackle and um, other way around, it was the same. So before the game, we talked to each other and we say, man, every time he touched the ball, man, he cannot breathe.
1: We have to tackle yeah. him
0: every time we have to step on his feet, everything. And I think we did a, did a great job in our games.
1: Yeah, and everybody knows you for the guy who put him in your pocket. So I mean, that, you you guys did a, a great game. Did you switch jerseys with him or no? He was like, Nah, nah.
0: no, man. I think he would have slapped me for sure, man.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm I'm in for
0: every fight to fight everyone, but I think he would have slapped me. Bad. <laughs> but I think Magnus Magnus changed that jersey with him. After oh wow, game.
1: okay, okay, yeah. So,
0: but I was like, Nah, I love to j- change jerseys, you know, but. I was like, I just keep that one memory to put in my pocket, you know? Yeah, like, right. Because I know if he gets mad, I have no chance. You know, when I changed jersey with Rooney, I looked at him, I was like, man, he's from Great Britain, but thing, think I could still beat him up in a classic <laughs> or whatever. But not against this dude, man.
1: Okay. There's <laughs> lots on, yeah, towering over you, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, and do you feel like, yeah, I mean, when you left L.A. Galaxy, were you just, like, kind of bummed, like, oh, like, this saga finished, or, I mean, L.A. Galaxy really let a good one go. Like, this made the Classicals a lot more fun, basically, for you as a as a player and maybe as a fan of, of the teams as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's always the best to, when you play against world-class players, Right, this is the best challenge you can have. And when he joined the league, I was I was really happy. And uh, that was that was big time. And, yeah, and I know always, especially for Galaxy. I think it's cool because they always try to buy a big name, right? And you always like as a defender, you're always looking forward uh, to go against mm. this guy. And of course, because of the rivalry. It's always a special game. And I mean, that, honestly, there is nothing better to to slap these dudes. This is like when we when we slapped them for nothing. Right, at Galaxy, right. man, it felt so good seeing these stupid faces and all that stuff. It was, it was really it, it's the best wins. I mean, probably other way around. It's the same for them. Probably right. first they beat LFC. They're good. And then it's probably us. Right. Uh, As a state, they love to win the most but I um, I think my my personal record uh, is pretty good against Galaxy so
1: Yeah. Okay and so since we're on the topic of really good players in MLS was he the toughest person to go up against in MLS or was there another player that you were just like wow maybe the world doesn't know too much about this guy but he
0: he had a stellar day. Um well of course it's itlatan 100% yeah, Never um, one but yeah. I think in MLS a lot of players which are not like really recognized, and I'm like, yeah. maybe in Europe they don't talk a lot. Now they start talking more about right. MLS. But there's so many players who could play in in first division in Germany easily. Maybe not yeah. for for Bayern or so, but for sure, there are like 50 mm-hmm. players I could name you without without a problem. Wow! Um, I mean, I play against tough guys. Ruiz Diaz is is really really a tough dude. Yeah, uh, to play. And I like uh, Castellanos from uh, New York City, really mm. a, a very good young player, big prospect. I think if he continues like that, probably we, we might see him in a, in a world class league in Europe. I could imagine, hopefully, not because it would be nicer, all the yeah. good players, MLS, but right there, like I said, there are a lot of, lot of good players, a lot of good, not even offensive players, so like. Great defensive players like yeah. Ike or like uh, Walker, you know, yeah. they, they could off, in my opinion, they could play in a, in a top league in, in Europe without a problem.
1: Mm. Okay. And so when you were coming, I actually forgot to ask you this. When you were coming over from uh, Germany, what was the view of the league then? I know you touched about it now. I mean, European people are, Europeans are looking at the league as prospects and possibly good talent. What were they looking at it when you first came over here? How were they looking at it?
0: think you know um funny part is it's always funny like when you when you t- when i had the offer and i talked with my teammates about it you know yeah they were like, that's so good so basically like from 18 guys in my teams like 14 guys were like man you gotta go I, like i want to go too maybe you can help me when wow. you yeah. and i was Bundesliga team you know at that time yeah. um but like media they, they were like oh man why is this dude going to a retirement league he's 27 yeah. years but i was like they don't know the league in general right, so, right. but i i knew the style of play and then i was also surprised you know by the facilities because mm. i haven't seen the facility in san jose and i mean we even we even asked we have great facilities compared to germany for example but probably we have one of the lower quality uh trainings facilities in mls mm. which is insane i remember yeah. we played at lenta we, we practice at their facilities man that that's better than Bayern munich's So and Inter Miami, you're
1: saying? Oh, that
0: was Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta. Oh, wow. So, uh really, really good. And I think now I remember that after my first season, I got so many messages of like current players in Germany, like man, help me, I want to go MLS, and can you do something? I I still get messages. So, so I think the demand is gets higher and higher. But yeah, it's not that easy to come to MLS. You know, Mm -hmm. you need a you need to know a guy it's not like quality wise you know like there are lots of players i, I could from germany i knew yeah. they would come and i knew they would have probably more than half of all the mls teams but it, it's tough to be the mm. one guy because there are only eight eight international spots per team right and right you gotta know somebody that's i mean that's how business goes right
1: yeah definitely it's all it's all about your connections and yeah you got really lucky because you somehow you got jesse pareda's yeah. name you know and That's crazy though. That's awesome that you got a chance to come over here. Um, so people want to know about the coaching differences between Stare and Matias. Um, what are the biggest differences from the two?
0: Um, well, I would say the the system in general. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone knows we play a unique system with Matias and it's incredibly uh high demanding. Uh that you need a lot of running a lot of uh, mm. direct duels and and for me it's one of them well, it's the most uh, sophisticated system I, I played in my career so far mm. so um yeah it, it requires a lot of uh, game understanding and mm. and physics obviously so i think the system would be the same um I think michael michael was a great guy i think i i feel bad with him because i think in that year we we haven't had a, a really good team uh mm. the chemistry was was really bad in the team so we were not a mm. team uh, yeah. at all obviously you could say man that's the coach's job to to take care for that but in the end it's the players you know and i think we had a lot of fights in that year especially when oh. everything went wrong you know, you lose a lot of games, you come in the locker angry and then small things happen, some unprofessional stuff, whatever it is. And then you start, start fighting about it and you can't really build like momentum, can't build a a team chemistry. And I think that showed because like all the year, I think we didn't lost maybe, I think we just lost like one or two games bad and all the other games we lost like by one goal or so, which was kind of crazy where you were like, no, that, that can't be right. You know? Um, yeah, but in the end, I felt with him. Especially, I think it's always easier when when you come somewhere as a coach. You start, you win the first games. Everything is flowing. It's good. But I think right. from the beginning, everything went wrong for him. And I mm. think he's a super nice guy. Maybe in the end, too nice. You know. Yeah. Maybe it would help just to be tough, really, really tough in that moment. Mm. But it's always easier, easier to say, you know, as a as a player. And yeah, Mati. I mean, Mati a. Great motivator. He he, he mm. loves this game. That's what I love because this is besides his family, soccer is his life, and he mm. lives it twenty four seven with an yeah. incredible passion. And that's why I love to play for him because I love to to share this passion with him because I feel the same way. And that's 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 really great of him. And he he can transport these feelings and emotions to the team. And I think that's why that's why the team team chemistry in general is really good. And and a yeah. passion passion
1: is there too okay that's that's awesome to hear i mean definitely some insights on the past regime and the new and the new one um so do you understand spanish is is the translation a a bit lost sometimes when when he's trying to motivate you because he talks Uh, like yeah go ahead yeah so i do understand a bit
0: but the Mm. funny part is i think uh when he joined in 2019 i think that was the biggest concern that you were like man we, we we have a translator but especially before game when he starts like being the motivator and being loud and all that stuff, you were like, man, maybe that will be tough for the translator. But first of all, the translator is doing an amazing job. Yeah. And then uh, on the other side, um, it doesn't matter what he says, because Mm in that man, in that moment, you're so hyped because the way he says it, you don't Mm -hmm. even, you don't care what he's saying, but you're so hyped (laughs) and pumped, you know, that's, that's really cool. So that's not a problem. And besides, sometimes it's, it's hilarious sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I, say, I, I had to tell, I have to tell a story. Like first yeah. time 2019, we played at Red Bulls, mm. like it was the third game of the season. And we were down, I think one four or something. Wow. And then uh, I was on the bench and then like a fan from behind, he was yelling, hey, Almeida, go back, go back to fucking Chivas mm. and that stuff. You <laughs> know, and then, I mean, we were losing, so obviously everyone was angry. So then he turned around and he said something back. We didn't understand what it was. And the funny part was the translator, you know, usually if he says something like you get red, but he was just turning straight and he was like, man, last night your sister was really cheap or something. <laughs> and he, said, dude, he translated that in a way, it was so funny, man. Like he didn't even blink, he just turned around. Said it in his face, turned back, and we were all sitting next to each other. They, I shit in my pants. Honestly, I, I it was so funny, man. We couldn't believe it. We were like, I mean, obviously you talk
1: trash in that moment, right. but
0: the way right. the translator said it just ice cold, you know. It was so funny, man. <laughs> and
1: amazing. that was that was Augustine, right? Same translator, that was right? Augustine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is yeah, shout out to Augustine again. He does a great job. Um, yes how so how have things changed in the locker room i know since there's a lot more latin guys now has that changed the locker room feel from when it was under michael stare into Matias almeida like do you, are, do you find yourself pulling out google translate to like to tell <laughs> andy something or do you feel that way it's good um you know every um i mean some latin guys
0: they speak really good english mm. sometimes some a little less but everyone's trying you know so yeah. we just and it's good So no one, I mean, obviously when you can talk in your native language, you talk oh, with right. a guy in Spanish. With Jamir, with Huka, I, I spoke in German or with right. Alfonso in German, it's normal. But um, everyone tries to, uh, you know, to be part, to talk in English. And it, it, I, I like it, you know, it, yeah, it's yeah, funny yeah. to see. I think last year we had like even more individuals like from more countries, but right. it, it, it's funny when you see like the, the different styles, you know, the, the Latin and the South Americans, they come in every time in the morning, loud music nice yeah. <laughs> and i find in the europeans everyone is just grumpy in the morning be like man leave me alone shut the fuck up man <laughs> and yeah it, it, it's it's really a nice a nice mix and a nice chemistry but, but i, I love that you know i i like to be like colorful international right. being a crazy crowd that that's exactly <laughs> me so I, I really love this this locker room and his chemistry
1: that's awesome that's awesome that's great to hear i mean it's funny it's since I'm Latino myself, my fa- my family's from Uruguay, um, hearing Cumbia when you guys walk off the bus and you look at Vaca walking off the bus here in Cumbia, I'm like, Whoa, yeah. what is going on here? It's like, it's such it's, a, yeah. it's such a mix of cultures and it's awesome to see that, you know? It's true. It's true. Just, we
0: always have trouble with the music. because oh, yeah? um, It's tough because, you know, it's just reggaeton all day long. And <laughs> There were lots of fights, so now we have a good deal because Jackson is an amazing DJ. He puts also Also, Jackson's some... a DJ. That's good now because he puts in some country music, which oh, I okay. love. He puts in some, you know, some R&B and that's hip-hop stuff, which is fine too, but just we we put the, the reggaeton to a minimum, which, which was very... Uh, Important for the peace of the locker
1: room. I think that's awesome. So, what would they say about the reggaeton? Be like, oh, it sounds like the same. It's like, yeah, <laughs> no, you know. I love reggaetons but yeah. not like twenty four seven.
0: You know, I'm <laughs> like, dude, like you said, it all sounds the same. You're like, yeah. man, if I hear reggaeton, I want to lie on a beach with my wife, having right. a, having a beer or a glass of wine, and not right, right. going going into a match, man. <laughs> but,
1: okay, you know, that's good. <laughs> uh, so, how are you adjusting from? center center defensive mid to center back do you still have a preference do you still want to play one position over the other
0: um no it's for
1: me it's it's not different you know when I played in the youth I'm
0: I learned I was center back all the time Mm. you know but when I became pro obviously I wasn't that physical as now which is normal as a young player Mm -hmm. so I played then defensive mid and also right back and you know, I came here as a defensive mid, you know, in 2017. And then yeah. from the beginning, I played center back. I was pissed as fuck, you know, because I was like, man, <laughs> I I came from the other world, or other part of the world, was a, a decent number six in first division right. in Germany. Right. And now I'm playing fucking center back, man. And I was so bored all the time. I was like, no, nah. because normally I love to run. I love to right. smash everyone, whatever I, I can do. And now I was like, just in the back, and I was like, I was really
1: pissed in the beginning. But then the system back then was very, like, wait for it to come, right? And now you're moving a lot more. Yeah. back. Yeah.
0: No, no. Then even after the first 10 games, you know, I felt like, hey, man, I'm really doing good at that position. And the style of play in MLS fits well to me. Mm. And I feel like I- – I would say, you know, in Germany, I- I'm definitely better at-, at midfield, I would say. But uh, the style of play in MLS is, is- – a little bit different, a little uh, wilder, you know. Yeah. And more, more attacking, more offensive. And I think my my biggest ability is the way to to read the game, to read game situations, and I benefit more uh, as a center back. So I'm I'm totally fine here, playing center back. But like you said, now it's it's definitely more demanding. You have more duels every game. You have yeah. more. You have to run a lot more than than in a, a regular system.
1: You yeah. You know, so I, I really like that. Mm. Okay, and then talking about your game a little bit, is there a place that you feel like you're really good at? I know you're really good at reading the game and doing that long pass. Um, You've been good at that for years. What's something that you feel is, is your go to thing to do what you think you're the best at?
0: I would say it's to to read the game. I read think the game, there are a yeah. lot, of, um, lot of good players in MLS, but to be honest, I, I don't think there's a defender who can in MLS who can read the game better than I do. Um, mm. Obviously, I like guys like Walker, for example, who are physically yeah. or like better than I, out of question. But when it comes to read the game, I think I'm the best in my position, and mm. um, especially for Mati's system, yeah. I think you need a guy who reads the game because we always we are exposed one on one on the for the fullbacks and one center back so there must be a guy who's protecting this three line yeah uh, if you want so and and i think you you really need a guy for that to
1: to read the game
0: and like i said i think i think there's no one better than i without being okay. arrogant
1: yeah that's awesome uh, it's great to hear that uh what's one part of your game you feel like you can improve Scoring goals man yeah yeah you want to do that that goal that you did when you first you did your first professional goal you want to hit, hit a banger Oh, like that? that would
0: be something yeah no but i, I have a couple of goals but since i'm with my team i haven't scored maybe it's him i think it's him no i haven't. no but really i got improved that i had a couple of chances from set pieces and hmm. gotta work on that for sure and i mean there are always things you can you can improve but for me it's For me, it's more important, especially in my age now that I, uh, I always say, even when I work with a young players together, it's important to have one weapon, you know, that everyone's like, man, that's the thing. Right. And I'm, I'm more like trying to perfecting my, my weapon Mm. than working more on my weaknesses. Obviously I work on my weaknesses, but I definitely spend more time in extra
1: work to, to improve my weapons. And and your weapon is reading the game, right? You said that. Yeah.
0: Like I said, reading the game, playing diagonal balls, long balls, yeah passing billet build up from the back. Um, right. That's something I definitely take more work. You yeah.
1: And do, you, do you sit down and, and watch game film a lot? Is that something that you do to prepare yeah, you for? Reading um, the game I always
0: lot. watch. I always record the game at home mm. when we play. And then I watch it. Uh, oh, every game twice. I watch oh, wow. it one time. Just, just watching it, you know, just in general. And then second yeah. time I'm always focused on myself, on my uh, actions. And then I, uh, for the upcoming game I prepare against
1: my my possible opponent. Oh wow. And do you, and then you watch like if you were playing Zlatan did you watch his film or then you're playing like Blanco do you watch his film? Is that something you yeah. you go ahead yeah, and
0: Yeah, I mean for slatan of course you you know who you're facing, you know. But for me it was more like getting a strategy because it's mm-hmm. also like the mental part is important. Yeah. And you know when you play young guys for example, it's important like you can provoke them, you can be mm-hmm. nasty and all that stuff. And this is something I think about all week long. How can I destroy this dude, you know? Yeah. But when you play against Slatan, you cannot play these this games, you know? You cannot yeah. step on his feet. You cannot make him angry. Because I knew when I make him angry, he's going to destroy me 100%. <laughs> Physically, for sure, because he breaks my nose sign, and probably he will get better and better. So right. this this plays also a part, like, really to uh, prepare during the week and find, like, a game plan be like, hey, what's the best way to play this dude and how can Mm. I be mentally
1: a dickhead against him? Okay. Awesome. And um, really, so I have another question for you about talking back to the Michael Starry time. Um, Mm -hmm. You said they are, um, you said they weren't playing adult soccer with almost the same guys back. What did you mean in that adult soccer comment? Are they playing adult soccer now or was it more like the fight? I know you talked a little bit about the fighting in the back in the back. Was Mm -hmm. it more to that? Like, this is AYSO, man. We're, like, fighting back here.
0: No, it's it's the way how you act, you know. It's, like, mm. playing mature. It's, like, you know, you can always lose a game. And, yeah. I, and I have no problem to lose against better teams. But in that time, when you lose every, like I mentioned before, we lost almost every game by one goal. Yeah. And having, like, stupid mistakes, brain farts, mm. kind of fo- lost the focus in the last minutes. And, and I was, like, we talked about it in the locker, you know. And I was, like, that's not professional, you know. You can always do mistakes. I do a thousand mistakes every game. I don't mind yeah. about that. Losing the focus, being not hundred percent physically ready for a game—that's mm. unprofessional. And that—that—that that, that yeah. was what I meant with being youth soccer. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was angry with that. You know? And you know, I'm not a guy. I'm not talking around. Um, when you ask when you ask me something, I, I tell you my opinion. I know not everyone was was happy and satisfied with, with that statement, but, but honestly, I, I don't care. If yeah. I think if I think that way, I, I tell it. I tell it to the world. I know every everything you do has consequences, and when I get the consequences, sometimes that's that's the way it is. But that's the way uh, who I am, and I will not change um, just to satisfy other, other people. You know.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's that's awesome to hear. Uh, was the was the the quakes team or the like the the front office mad at you for that or was it more like the players they were like oh.
0: of course man Yeah, uh, when you when you when you say these things you know yeah people are not happy with you i mean i i don't mean that to be bad at other guys for me right. this is this is kind of what a wake-up call yeah exactly lighting a like fire being the guys we can't continue like and it's not like that i just said it in the in the media you know i, I yeah. said it in the locker face to face to everyone when we had that conversation we had a conversation like i mentioned when we lost that yeah uh, everyone had his chance to say something and i also revealed my opinion i was really pissed at guys who who were not professional enough and i said if we don't continue like i I don't care i break everyone's leg in the training i I don't care i go nuts because this is my life and right uh i I fought all my life to be where i am right now and i deserve my spot to be here and everyone else too. so why giving it up or why taking it a risk you know yeah I mean, that's just that's just who i am you know like yeah. i said if someone makes mistakes like like i said i do a lot no problem but when you don't fight you don't give your best you don't act professional during the week and yeah. don't act professional uh, at the game and this then you piss me off really really bad and of course that the club doesn't like that if you say that in the media because right, you reveal right you reveal that you have problems, but I mean, Mm -hmm. when you are last and 25 points behind a playoff spot, (laughs) it's not a secret, you know, that that you have problems in a team. Right. Definitely.
1: And walk, walk us a little through last year. I mean, you, you had a pairing of uh, Tanner and then Jacob as well. Um, How did you motivate these young guys or how did you help coach them during the game? Uh, What was something that you saw that they improved on what you said, told them, how did you feel playing with the young guys?
0: um especially with i mean with jacob i think i didn't play with jacob it was the game against oh. portland he played with oswaldo in the back oh, okay, six, okay. but then he got he got subbed off because he was injured and then i came back mm. um but especially with tanner uh i really have to uh, respect him because yeah. we talked before and of course you're nervous when you're young it's your first mls appearances and all that stuff and it takes time uh, and we sat down and, and we talked about it and, and i just told him i said, man just just tr- trust in your game yeah. Just focus on yourself that's the most important don't you, you can't like influence everyone else's performance so mm. just be, focus on yourself and just listen to me because i know how it works i have the experience let me coach from the back let me organize the defense yeah just be on yourself be uh play with confidence and you will be fine and i think uh he did a really really good job yeah. And um, it's his first year. He, he showed, he showed really good skills, good abilities. And and I think he's, he's on a good way to become a decent player.
1: Yeah. And I love remembering the images of you yelling at him during those games. And I was like, Oh man, that's, that's the fiery spirit that we love flow for. I mean, he's just coaching the young guys. Like if it was his son, like you just yelling at him and that's, and that's awesome. That's what was great to see. Uh, when, when it becomes, like uh excuse me i forgot one second um what so what do you love about san jose the city i apologize i forgot about what i was gonna say but what do you what do you love about san jose the city itself
0: To be the city itself is pretty boring <laughs> <laughs> now what i love what i love is like the nature around you know i am I love. the nature the nature, you know, like yeah. the mountains. I love yeah oh, stuff. I mean uh beach, uh like I, I love kayaking, you know, find oh, okay. My, my ways there. Um I have three dogs, so I love to being out with them, walking mm. around with them. Um, so I, I really love the nature, obviously yeah. the weather, but the city, just the cities for me, it's like uh, you know, I I miss like being like out a little, like being in like real I miss like really good restaurants, having yeah. a great coffee, the nightlife could be
1: better too mm. um but all in all i'm I'm very happy here. <laughs> okay and uh really quickly i've been i'm from i'm in japan so i definitely know what you're talking about when missing the nature i miss you know having lake tahoe four hours away i miss having big sur right you know an hour away monterey santa cruz all these beautiful places right in our hand i mean yeah, San Jose is a beautiful area to be around if you love nature as well. And all the hiking too, all the hiking out there. Yeah. It's just insane. Out of question.
0: Next time you come, uh, you come yeah. to my house in know Okay.
1: You- Oh, all right. Let's go. Let's do it. I'll I'll bring my son. You know, I'll have him learn the great flow way. You know, that's awesome. You
0: need a us because we go out. We go out and after,
1: it. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Flow. Um. Oh, I was. I just remember. I apologize. How was the playoff loss? I know it was heartbreaking, gut wrenching. It was a game where we had it in our grasp. We kind of got killed by our Achilles here all year, right? The the set pieces was the the main thing that killed us. Is there a couple of things to help us do better on set pieces this year? Have have there been talks of, you know, maybe we work on set pieces a little more? And then also, how did you feel in the playoffs? I mean, at especially during those penalty kicks, how how did how did you feel? Walk me through um, it. Yeah.
0: Well, first of all, um, I think we work a lot on set pieces. Um, during the week i think it's not that but it i think it's also the type of preparation when you know who you face in your duels we lot, we watch plenty of videos so actually yeah. we, we should know uh, where the ball is coming to and obviously you can lose a header but sometimes yeah. we we can't see like three headers against us you know and that's something as a coach you can say whatever you want it's just like your focus your type yeah. of defending so it's definitely everyone's individual stuff he has to yeah. work on um yeah but the game was obviously um was heartbreaking i think um we, pl- we really we, we played really good yeah got down one zero zero quickly you we were like man that sucks but then we we turn it around uh went to halftime 2-1 had yeah. a great feeling and then went out got the stupid set piece goal and i was i broke the neck a little because we knew when we when we are good till the sixty, sixty-five minutes, you know, still leading. We know we got space and yeah. we are really good counterattacks, like the, the second goal we scored. Um, yeah, I think then it would have been a different game, but that was tough. And then it was just just a tough fight. And when Wando hits hits the post and like yeah. in the eighty-ninth, and then two right. minutes later you got the goal and you're like, Man, that's that's not true, but I, I I still think we we in that game we we fought so hard. I think the the hardest fought game we I've ever played uh, since yeah. I'm here with Wakes. And then extra time we had two huge chances with, mm-hmm. with Christian and, and Kate, where yeah. where we had to score actually. But it is what it is, and MPKs PKs is is kind of a luck. Obviously, when you miss all three, it yeah. it sucks, but it, it it can happen. And I think obviously we were so close. so It was. It was tough to you know to swallow but in the end yep. after a couple of days i uh, in the end i was i was really proud to the to the team performance um on, on everyone because everyone gave gave his last because we were all like tired injured this, this uh schedule was so hard man yeah. playing 18 games in in 10 weeks uh, we had like injuries but no one could recover you know everyone had to go on with his injury right. so i know lots of players were, were pretty much damaged you know yeah damaged.
1: <laughs> but and then um, playing up in front of a crowd, right, for the first time in a year, right. So that must have been another thing on top of playing a playoff game. As a uh, tell you, when we, when
0: we went out for warm up, I thought we play in front of a hundred thousand fans. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it felt so loud. I was like, man, what's going on here? Yeah, Which, I mean, it was. It was great. It was just great. You know, it felt it felt normal. Even though I have to say, I I, I enjoyed playing without the fans because the just the game was way more intense cuz mm. you you got to know every feeling, every emotion of every player. Mm. You have to be way more focused than with like the crowds. Cuz sometimes you know you're like swimming on the wave when you have a good time. Fans are pushing, you're like yeah. man, everything is flowing. But this time you were always on your own, you know? So yeah. I really liked the game cuz like I said it was
1: more more intense. But- mm. Yeah, we need we need the fans back. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like it's coming pretty soon. And to, to talk a little bit about the, about the PKs, did you see the pictures where Tim Melia is a little bit off the line?
0: No, man. I I, I
1: couldn't watch it honestly.
0: Maybe I watched yeah. it now, but I was not, not able to watch it otherwise I would smack my smack <laughs> my TV <or> so. <laughs> The the
1: the Quake fans, they uh they took some screenshots of Tim Melea actually being off the line before the penalty kick. So oh, okay all the Quakes fans are very proud of what you guys put on the field. And, and that was the feeling we were all really happy. I mean, we almost, we were so close and we should have beat the first seed. So it was, we should have been there in the playoffs and, and we definitely, we made a good case for us winning, you know, multiple games in that playoff. So we were really proud of what you guys have done that last year, especially with all what the ups and downs and and all that. So definitely. Uh, really quickly, we'll, we'll wrap this up in just a little bit, but I have one one more like meat and potato question for you. Switching from Daniel Vega to JC Marcinkowski, was there some differences in leadership there? Was there differences in communication? Uh, what are some differences when you have a different uh, goalie come in during midseason?
0: Mm, I
1: mean it's for me it's
0: part of the game you know players yeah. are changing during a season it's not my first season and i think jt is very very professional goalie he works really hard uh during the week uh, putting in a lot of extra work so he was yeah, yeah. i think he was ready and then matty gave him uh, a chance and i think the first game was portland at home when we uh tied 1-1 it, yeah. it was incredible because he played so mature uh, he had the guts to to build out from the back all the time. He, w- he was talking in a good way, you know. It, that, w- that was impressive for me, too, yeah. because usually when you talk on the field, it takes time to find the right words, to to talk in the right mm-hmm. moments, you know. Yeah, yeah. But he has such a, a good feeling for that when, you know, when to be motivating, when to be, like, a little rough, you know, being like, man, get wake up, wake the fuck up or something yeah. like that. And, <laughs> And he didn't mind, so and it was his first game, and I was I, I was really impressive, and um, he continued in a in a great way, and I think um, now he's with the national team, so yeah. I think he will gain lots of confidence, and I think he he's on a good way to become uh, one of the top MLS co-keepers.
1: Oh wow, that's that's great. That's high praise to say. That's he probably really appreciates that. Um, one he gives me what? twenty bucks. He gives me twenty bucks later. Oh yeah. Later. <laughs> You know, can you can you sign the jersey for me later on when you <laughs> yeah. Um so one last question before we wrap this up, what do you think the reason is behind American players finding success in Germany recently?
0: Um well, that's a good question. I think it all started with uh maybe it's like a little with, with obviously with Christian Pulisic, you know, mm-hmm. he, he was like the first. I mean, there were already Americans um In the league before but Mm. i think he was the the biggest one and maybe it has also a little something to do with Klinsmann, you know because he was a coach for germany for the us maybe there's some type of connection connection. and i felt i felt like um that the germans they recognize that there's like high potential on american players that they have the right attitude a good skill level and Mm now you see like there are a lot of guys in Germany a lot of guys in Europe like West McKenney played for Schalke now I yeah. in Juventus and they're all doing good you know there's like right literally no one who's like really not doing well now we have in Schalke Hoppe uh he came out of Norway yeah Norway has scored right a trick in first appearance so uh that's definitely a hype and I think the train is for, for real you know and, and I think in my opinion U.S. soccer is on on a great way and I think it still needs development, but I think the World Cup 2026 could be so exciting for, yeah. for this nation. I mean, you, you see the excitement is getting more and more, you know? So we are coming closer to the to the top sports in the U.S., and I think 2026, this team could be ready for, for something big, I think. I hope yeah,
1: so. and that's definitely what a lot of people think, too. And MLS, too, right? Getting this deal done for the CBA was really important. Cause yes. they don't want to ruin that momentum that maybe the national team has in 2026. So, yeah. Well, all right. Well, Flo, we want to thank you for, for coming on. Uh, this has been a great experience. We really appreciate all the fans that listen every week and, and wanted to know from you. And this is, this is great. I want to thank you so much for coming on.
0: Sure, man. It was a pleasure.
1: All right. Well, that's it from us guys. Uh, all we have to say is uh, go Quakes, right? Think that the test that I'm doing. Then that I'm doing. Think that the test that I'm doing. Then that I'm doing. Think that the test that I'm doing. Then that I'm doing.